Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. As always, I am your host, Miles Dawson, and today we're revisiting the Internet of Things, or IoT if you prefer. We're tackling it from a slightly different perspective today, so here with me, I'm very lucky to have two senior analysts. We have Ros Parkinson. Hi, Miles. And we have Martin Minos. Hi, Miles. Um, I wonder if you could give our listeners a quick overview of your coverages at IDC. Sure. Thanks, Miles. Uh, so my name is Ros Parkinson, and I lead IDC's European Enterprise Networks and Lifecycle Services Research. And I'm Marta Munoz, and I lead our European Internet of Things practice. Brilliant. Well, thank you both for being here today. Um, I suppose... Let's take the big picture to begin with. Um, we've talked a lot and we've seen a lot about increasing interest in the Internet of Things in recent years. But my question is, are European enterprises adopting this as fast as the amount of hype that's going on? It's a very good point, Miles. Um, and it's perfectly true that we certainly see a lot of hype around it. You read the news, you attend events or conferences, and we hear a lot around IoT or the Internet of Things. Um, the reality is somehow slightly different. Only around 33% of European organisations at the moment, according to our IDC surveys, are actually deploying IoT and actually thinking of replicating their IoT projects within the organisation. So there's still a lot of work to do. And it's interesting to actually find out what's happening with the organisations that are not using IoT or not deploying IoT. The reasons are actually um, several, but um, perhaps the key ones are around understanding the business case really behind IoT and being able to prove the return on investment that it has for an organization. Uh, There's also some uh, thinking that an IoT implementation can be costly, so you have to be able to justify that investment quite strictly within the, the company. There's also issues around the lack of skills, technical skills within these organizations that often come up as um, you know a deterrent for investing in IoT or um, a factor that slows down the adoption of IoT. But also, and I think this is even more important, there is a around 10% of European organisations who still would um, say that one of the reasons for not deploying IoT today is because of their current infrastructure is not ready, it doesn't support the requirements that an IoT project actually has. Oh, wow. So it's, it's not so much a lack of interest then, so much as a question of capability on their side. Absolutely. Capability at different mm. fronts, I would say. But it's not all bad. There are some good news as well. Yeah, so, I mean, how can enterprises overcome, uh, say, the infrastructure problem, for example? Mm. Yeah, so that's a great question, Miles. And in my work, I see a huge opportunity for infrastructure services and network lifecycle services firms. So we, in fact, forecast the market for network lifecycle services in Western Europe to grow in the coming years, growing from a base of $29 billion in 2017 to $33 billion in 2022. And within that market, the highest growth area is going to be networking, consulting and integration. So that is exactly uh, the kind of skills and the kind of services that are needed to get IoT projects off the ground. So um, we're talking about networking, lifecycle services companies such as Dimension Data, Logica, 
Palace, Computer Centre, WWT, all these players being able to go into an enterprise and look at their existing infrastructure and assess where they are now, think about where they want to be in the future and help them get there by breaking down the journey. This is a really different approach though to the traditional sales posture, as it were, for network lifecycle services where basically, you know, you have a very, um, let's say, transactional interaction when you get to end of life and your your infrastructure, okay, you're ready for the next largest box, you know, you're ready for more bandwidth. Whereas, um, you know, what enterprises are facing now is this real need for speed in terms of innovation. The pace of change has accelerated a lot in recent years, and if they don't keep up, they'll be left behind. Mm -hmm. So what they really need from their, um, from their lifecycle services providers is a partner, somebody who can go in who has those consultative skills and can help them, you know, as I said, assess what they have now, mm. think about where they need to get to, and then break that down into steps. Brilliant, thanks Ros. So that's from the infrastructure side, that's really helpful to understand. Um, but I wanted to also ask, uh, Marta, you mentioned about the skills and the, uh, the skills gap. So the question is, how can these enterprises who want to use IoT, they want to, you know, they have aspirations for using the Internet of Things in the future, how can they manage that internal skills gap? Yes, it's. Um, I think it's a, a challenge that touches many areas, not just IoT actually. So whichever technology you look at at the moment or even on a broader scale within the digital transformation journeys that many organisations are going through, the skills shortage is actually quite a, a, an impending challenge for many of these organisations. Uh, just to give you some ideas, according to our IDC IoT users survey from 2018, nearly about a quarter of the organisations who are deploying IoT today are simply collecting the data that comes from those IoT devices. They're not doing anything with that data, they're not monetizing that data, they're not in actionizing from that data actually and and that's quite worrying actually wow so, so even the successful in inverted commas mm -hmm. successful projects that are up and running uh, nearly a quarter of them aren't even doing anything with the data they're collecting exactly wow Exactly. That's quite worrying, isn't it? So what's happened until now is that many organisations have deployed their IoT devices and their IoT infrastructure. They're collecting the data and what they're finding at that point is that they lack the necessary skills internally to do anything with that data. So it's not just about skills, it's, um, it's also around the, the data strategy and data management components. So many of these organizations, their core business is not managing data, it's not dealing with data. If you think about it, you could be a manufacturer or you could be a logistics company. You don't know anything about data and how to deal with that data. So they lack understanding around how to store that data, what to do with that data, how to harmonize that data in a way that you can then use software to analyze the data that can give you the necessary insights, for example. So it's very important to keep in mind from the beginning of a project what exactly you want to do with mm -hmm. that data and how are you going to do or achieve that monetization of that data because that's ultimately where the value lies mm -hmm. from an IoT implementation actually. Because mm -hmm. on the infrastructure side you know IoT 
um, from a networking point of view, it's not just about what's happening at the edge. It's not just about, for example, your deployment on the factory floor, but um, as enterprises are creating this new data and we kind of mature in terms of the IoT market, and we want to monetize that data, there's going to be a really big impact on data center, on cloud, and on, you know, if you have a wide area network. So where you create, store, analyze, and act upon the data has a huge impact on the network and also the volume and velocity at which you need to do that, you know. I also would just like to go back to this point about you know, is, is it going to be analyzed in the data center, cloud, edge? Because, you know, as Marta says, you know, these companies don't exist to run IoT projects. They, you know, they have their own goals. And the simple fact is, is that many of them are doing that on the foundation of a very hybrid infrastructure. So, um, you know, obviously, public cloud is growing in terms of consumption levels, but uh, the data that I can see in terms of infrastructure spending really shows that on-premise is still going to be a really important part of that infrastructure um, estate for enterprises in Europe going forward. So in 2018, traditional data center infrastructure spending accounted for 66% of the total um, private cloud was 14% and public cloud was 20% in Europe. And then in 2022, we actually predict that although public cloud is growing, that's 25%, traditional IT will still account for 57% of spending. Mm. So on-premise infrastructure is not going away, but it becomes more complicated if you're trying to build and innovate at scale mm. very fast um, You know, on a hybrid model that, that comes with difficulties. And then that puts the emphasis back on skills as well as um, you know having the right tools and having the right networking tools. So networking automation is a big trend that is coming through the pipeline uh, in terms of software-defined networking tools such as SD-WAN um, that are designed to help enterprises just simplify their ICT estate. Um, but again, depending on the, the enterprise size and, and their needs, they could also look externally for third-party network lifecycle service providers. And what I find really interesting here, you know, we've just got our data back from our enterprise comm survey that we run every year in Western Europe. So we have uh, 949 respondents uh, who were asked, you know, what factors influence their decision whether to use an external network lifecycle services provider or not. And 45% said that gaining access to skills was, you know, one of their most important reasons. And I found this really interesting compared to 37% uh, highlighting the reduction in OPEX, CAPEX, because that's often what we talk about when we talk about outsourcing. Um, but I, I really, really found this stat, this statistic about gaining access to skills very, very eye-opening. Yeah, but I, I would almost add as well that the um, the way the end users are looking at um, their relationship with these uh, mm. these vendors as well is changing, as you mentioned earlier. So they're becoming less of a vendor-customer relationship and more of a partnership, mm. a trusted partnership where you know they they have access to the skills but in order to maximize the benefit that you get from those skills you also have to give access to 
all your internal knowledge and your internal data and, and you know you have to be able to be sufficiently transparent as well mm. with those vendors as, a, as an end user yeah. and be able to build that trusting relationship as mm. well especially when it comes to IoT where you know you can't expect a single vendor to be able to come to the table and offer you an end-to-end solution you have to be able to speak to a number of vendors and to bring a number of vendors to the table to mm. put together an end-to-end solution as well so those partnerships mm. become increasingly important around mm. IOT as mm. well I think those must be really challenging though particularly you know in this transparency and if you're a customer you're used to just purchasing what you want and what you need so it, it does require I think a big change of mindset yeah. no definitely definitely I think it's uh, that that's it's the classic issue that a lot of organizations are facing right now is that they want to get the best out of their current assets they've invested in mm. but the the market moves at such a speed that they can't do that yeah. at the same time as innovate at the same speed mm. as some of their larger competitors so yeah. the ecosystem becomes more and more important uh, and I think infrastructure kind of suffers a bit here because, mm. you know, just by its nature, hardware deployments and, you know, hardware consumption models are different to software consumption models. Mm. But I am seeing vendors and lifecycle services firms um, change their consumption models, try and adapt so that they are more flexible. Um, so there are some interesting models around uh, looking at your existing infrastructure estate and thinking about how you can um, either you know reuse what you have or try and monetize what you have to mitigate the costs of upgrades and moving to new uh, infrastructure. Perhaps I guess the the challenge here is that often infrastructure mm. comes in as an afterthought mm. in an IoT implementation. Yes. First you think yes I want to implement an IoT project mm. this is what I want to do with the data and it's at that point once you start that you realize whether your infrastructure can or cannot support the objectives yeah. that you set up for the IoT project mm. itself. Mm. So there's a lot of education that vendors need to go through still with their end users but also the analyst community mm. to a certain point with the end user community and the, the end user organizations around you know an IoT project like many other digital transformation projects requires to have a basic infrastructure in mm, place and mm. without that basic infrastructure everything else is going to fall apart yeah. to me this is almost like the cements of a house when you know if you don't have the basic setup to begin mm -hmm. with then everything else is going to yeah fall. I completely I completely agree with you Marta and I hear it so often that the network was an afterthought or connectivity was an afterthought. And what we have at the moment, we have networks that were built for the client server era. They were not built for the number of endpoints that we're going to have in the next, well, the number of endpoints we have now, but if we think about the next five, 10 years, you know, it's just going to get worse. So network transformation is a critical part of digital transformation, but particularly with line of business, um, you know, users becoming becoming a stronger decision-making force within the enterprise. You know, so many times the network just gets forgotten about in these digital transformation initiatives or IoT initiatives, and then 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 it just doesn't deliver. Yeah. So one of the things that um, well, the enterprises can and should be doing and can be turning to their network lifecycle service providers 
for help with is to actually understand you know how the adoption of new infrastructure or new um new products will play out in their existing environment. So there are a number of providers who have these integration centers. And in fact, uh, at the beginning of this month, Computer Center just opened um, a 50 million euro integration center in Kirpen, Germany, which offers configuration services for networking, data center components, and workplace IT. So, you know, they can test out what new uh new infrastructure new products would how they would behave in clients existing environments and they can also configure them before they get shipped out to the mm. customer mm. so just shortening that journey yeah. uh for customers and helping them get to return on investment yeah. easy you know making the deployment easier and bringing also yeah. bringing that agility that yeah. the market needs at the moment by shortening the the deployment exactly. cycles as well so. exactly yeah, but I see the the relationship um, between network lifecycle service providers and their and their customers just becoming closer and closer because yeah. they need that support. You know, all you know, all the way from kind of conception of the idea to making it a reality. Um, but I guess the me message for enterprises is, you know, it's not too late if you've already gone ahead with an IoT project, you know, your your service providers can actually help you yeah, exactly. now yeah. as well. And I guess, you know, we could say, just to maybe to wrap up almost, what we could say is whether you're an end user or a, or a service provider, there are three things really to keep in mind when, when you're thinking about an IoT implementation, mm -hmm. whether you just about to start an IoT implementation or you've just started, you're running POCs, think about your infrastructure and you know, consider assessing what your current infrastructure can support and cannot support and where it needs to be um, changed or, or transformed. Think about your data strategy and by data strategy meaning anything from the data collection to the storage to the harmonization of that data. How are you going to use it? What type of automation processes are you going to include to be able to maximize and monetize that data? And finally, think about how all of your IoT technology is finally going to integrate with your backend systems and your op operational um, technology as well. All right, brilliant. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast today and thank you all for listening. But I'm afraid that is all the time we have for today. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on SoundCloud, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to join in the discussion, please do look us up. We're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, usually under IDC Amir. So please do get in touch if you have something to add. Um, and Ros and Marta do, are both on Twitter too and you can find their uh, handles in the description of the podcast below. Uh, thank you all very much and see you next time. Thanks, Miles. Thank you.